Hi, uh, welcome to another episode of Small Time Songwriter. My name is Angel Corsi, and of course, I'm your small time songwriter. Um, I'm awkwardly once again with my friend Heather Miller. <laughs> um, I just tried to do a startup spiel a few seconds ago and forgot to press record, so I'm doing it again. Hi, Heather. How are you? Hello. Well, I will just say that I awkwardly almost just waved at you because we're doing this on <laughs> Zoom. I'm like, you have to use your words, Heather. I'm like, it's yeah, just an audio thing. That's true. Yeah, that's that's something I noticed immediately. <laughs> You're like a head nodder kind of person. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is going to be a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're actually uh, talking about how you could probably give me some advice on this uh, podcast life because you were a radio interviewer at some point, right? Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, when I was growing, I grew up in Iowa and there was for a small, I don't know, chunk of time back there, there was a uh, this really awesome community uh, based radio station it was solar powered and uh it was really well you could pretty much as long as you were committed to showing up and talking for an hour or whatever you could do whatever you wanted oh it's awesome there was even a cooking show a radio cooking show cool that's awesome how do you do (laughs) a radio cooking show that's very interesting right yeah i mean yeah they would they would bring little hot plate things to the studio they didn't do it every week they would do it kind of every other week and Anyways, but if you knew it was a week they were there, you could go down at the end of the show and eat whatever they had made. Um, but they <laughs> they would talk about it. they would interview different chefs and stuff like yeah. that. And they I would love tell the, us, I love the yeah. idea of uh, someone listening to the cooking show and then it's just like that's not done yet. <laughs> yeah, you hear like the spoons and the spatulas yeah. and whatever. Yeah, that's great. It was pretty great. So okay, so you're a radio interviewer. Uh, what would you do? What, what kind of interviews would you would you have? And what was yeah. the experience like for you? So yeah, um, my show is called lyrical venus and i had a focus on female singer songwriters because i i grew up in uh lilith fair era oh Lilith Fair, yeah mm -hmm, where sarah mclaughlin talked about how at that time that she created lilith fair you couldn't hear two women artists being played in a row on the radio Mm, and i was like in the 90s you know um and so she was trying to prove that there was a market for women musicians um, and that just really stuck with me. And so yeah. when I started my show, I actually, when I, it's funny, you said I'm an extrovert because I don't, I mean, I have moments, but like when I started my show, I really wanted to have one, but I was too shy to talk to the radio guys. And so I just started a blog about it instead because ah, okay. um, there was That's no cool. barrier of entry. And yeah, so I yeah. kept publishing the blog. And then uh, one of the guys was like, how come you don't have a radio show? I'm like, well, actually. <laughs> is that, is that blog so up? Do you still have those posts? It still exists. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't um, kept cool. up. I haven't added to it, but it's still there. You can still but, see the history. But it's, yeah, it's kind of cool to see the history of that. I, I wonder yeah. what, what you're writing, what you were writing about, because it was probably like a. I don't want to say it's a it's a better time for uh, women or in, and female artists and stuff like that, because I, I can't really make a judgment call on that. Um, but just uh, from my very amateur-ish view. Uh, it seems like there's a little more inclusivity that's that's being attempted um, in these in these new days because of our Gen Zers and stuff, you know. Um, I think so. I think so. I don't know. Um, hopefully, I guess I'm just trying to be positive about it. In, in my list of these musician pet peeves, um, one of them was like watching my friends like deal with these weird interactions. You know, um, I wonder, uh, like. I just I just can't imagine ever going through that stuff because I don't really get those kinds of things. I do occasionally get hit on by like um, a few gay guys here and there, but but it's like uh, it's pretty harmless. It's not 
there's just like a, 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 I mean, I don't know if it's like this for you or if you've, if you've seen it or experienced it and I don't, I don't, I don't want you to get into anything you don't want to get into, but, but I just, from, from a, from a friend standpoint, it's hard to see your friends like have this like musical talent or put in this like effort to make this creative choices and these and and this music and then it sort of just like accumulates to one creepy guy going like you are stunning you know what i mean like <laughs> it's very weird you know um so i don't know if yeah. you want to touch on that but if you don't it, we can we can move right on <laughs> yeah i mean i think that i think i do at least want to touch on it a little bit um i i personally haven't had that many um uncomfortable interactions probably mostly because i haven't done a whole lot of gigs especially lately but it is definitely, definitely something that is prevalent. We still, yeah. you know, I just have had in the last week had some friends talk about experiences that were yeah. really uncomfortable. And it's just like, I don't know where the entitlement <laughs> comes from, but yeah. Um, and you know, the, the strangest thing about it that uh, when I talked to my friends about it and I was just talking to my friend recently, it was probably why it's in, in the forefront of my mind, but she was telling me how um, uh, she was telling me how she does these like motivational um videos every once in a while that are sort of like women centric and she was telling me how like it, it can be strange um it can be a strange interaction because uh they're your fans so they there's an aspect of them that they do actually appreciate what you do but then they sort mm -hmm. of decide that that is the opening to go this extra space you know and then within that they're sort of uh they're essentially like funding your creative life, right? So they are signed up at your Patreon or they're giving the big donation and then all of a sudden they think they're able to flirt with you or say something strange. And then as soon as um, she was telling me, like as soon as I speak up about it, it like completely 180s and it turns into like, now you're stuck up and you're this or you're only you're only getting fans because you're, you're, you're pretty or you, you show this or you do selfies or whatever, you know what I mean? Right, um, yeah. I, it just like as a guy, I just can't really, it doesn't really happen to me ever. You know what I mean? I've never had that experience where like I play a song and it's like, you're so cute. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, no, it's definitely a thing that happens. And I think also, you know, because when you're up there, this is just, I don't know, an opinion, but when you're up there kind of, especially singer songwriter, where it's this kind of like bearing your soul and personal sort of intimate right. stories can be happening. It creates this level of um, intimacy intimacy that people yeah. think exists but it's like you know about me i don't know about you we actually haven't created a reciprocal relationship yeah but they kind of just dive right in and you're like wait a second <laughs> yeah that's interesting i never even thought about that part but you're right everything's so personal or at least that's the illusion of the the personalness because we all kind of take um our our personal tragedies and put them in our songs, whether they're completely fiction or not, there, there's still, there's still a portion of us in every song. Right. So I can't imagine like what kind of that, what that does to the relationship, especially if you're just like a creepy dude and you see a pretty girl, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with that. I just kind of, it was on my mind. I'm sorry to bring it down <laughs> for a second. I know I'm sure it's frustrating, but you know, I think it's important to talk about, you know, it's part of the life. I know there's been some artists who will just women artists who will uh, just stop playing because they can't, it's, it gets to be too much, you know, which is yeah. really sad because then you lose that, that artistry in the yeah. world for at least a t period of time. Yeah. Well, speaking of comments in general, I guess my question to you, cause 
I've gotten to know you. We've become sort of like Instagram buddies and we're becoming like yeah. buddy buddies. Um, and uh, one of the things that I noticed about you that I, that I do appreciate, but I find interesting is that you're very um, into like mental health, you know, like you're very, mm-hmm. you're kind of like everybody's cheerleader in a way, but you're also <laughs> constantly giving these little like golden nuggets of advice. You know, they're just kind of peppered in the conversation and I'm wondering, how did you get to that place? And, um, you know, if you could just talk about, like, how did you get into a headspace of being this way? And, and were you always this way? Was this, like, something you've, you've recently gained and want to share with people? And uh, just talk a little bit about all that, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's something I've been working on for a long time, I think. Um, you know, if you want to go, like, way back, it probably goes to, like, my parents' divorce and wanting to never have to go through that. And, like, starting therapy then um spoiler alert i did get divorced but <laughs> but at the same oh, time okay. um didn't know i that feel about like that. yeah there you go learning new things um but at the <laughs> same time i do i do feel like our separation process was uh relatively healthy and conscientious because of all the work that i'd been doing and, and mm-hmm. him, him as well um so there's sort of like the far back nugget but also you know when i was um really wanting to be an artist, but didn't know how and didn't feel like I had permission or was allowed to or stuff like that. Um, uh, I think that was part of my journey was just trying to figure out how can I get, get that permission for myself. Um, a big help in that was the artist's way. I don't know if you know that book. Oh uh, um, yeah. Julie yeah Cannon. Do. I do actually. It's a little bit, it's a little bit God centered in the language, which yeah. if you can kind of just like, if that's not your thing, if that's your thing, go for it. If it's not your thing, if you can kind of just maybe put that word to the side and find another word to sub in for that. Yeah. Um, it works joke, really well for me. I always joke that the the irony of my name being angel is, <laughs> is always a thing. <laughs> um, no, I totally understand. I actually, uh, so I guess like the, um, the constant, uh, the, the other version of that, cause I noticed the artist way has a, a certain way of, uh, speaking about those kinds of things you know there's a there's a fluidity in the in the language like there's something that's um it is kind of god-centric i think i thought but but um the style of writing is different than sort of the the masculine version of that which is war of art which i'm sure you've read as well mm-hmm. also, and good. Yeah. also also has a little bit of a god angels kind of um view or uh i don't know allegory i guess but but they uh but i noticed that um just from a songwriter standpoint there's always like this separation of like either you read the artist way or you read the like quit being a little punk about it and get writing you know what i mean you do war of art, you do war of art so it's kind of interesting but but talk to or me you more do about, all of them yeah or you do all of them it, uh, yeah tell me more about um this thing because i think a lot of people that would listen to this have this this same voice in their head what is this this concept of like getting permission to be an artist. Yeah. I don't know what about it is like human nature or sort of gatekeeping or like uh, American idol or something, you know, like that kind of stuff that um, I think also uh, there's an element of humans where it's like, we need and want so much to belong to something that when we get into it, to a thing that we're where we belong, uh, it can be kind of this misguided thing of like, well, now that I have this thing, I need to keep other people out and keep my special thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially as children, probably. Um, so kind of getting into that space when you're, when you're younger and then having to, yeah, turn around and figure out how do you realize like, 
and there are some places like I don't know Hollywood or Nashville or whatever where maybe there are some certain you know if you want to be very commercial about it there is some gatekeeping that's necessary for their yeah you know but, but at the level we're at you know it's like yeah nope <laughs> yeah it's it is very bizarre I do, I've been dealing with that because I've been in so many different music scenes you know I was in like the west coast music scene the east coast and all that stuff and 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 it is very strange when you look around this is why i have this podcast because i try to be like really honest about it all because i find the whole thing to be quite ridiculous right because we do hold on to this thing and we do the, what you know that gatekeeping thing that you're talking about where you can't get like a, a pub gig or something like it's somehow sacred like you're not allowed to be on this stage with the tv behind us you know what i mean it's very bizarre um it's a bizarre culture um this subculture because we're we're there's there's almost like a a perception of the culture that uh people think it is and then what it actually is and then what all of us as artists pretend it is you know what i mean you ever find that you ever find yourself like making judgments within each other's subgroup and you're like what what are we doing this is weird why do we care about this stuff you know (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely funny. I mean, and even just like, I, uh, I was just at, at Swerfa, the Southwest Regional Folk Alliance. Yes. We're definitely going to talk I, about all that. Awesome. Yeah. I had a showcase and so I posted about it on social media. And the thing about these showcases and like, here's a little behind the scenes thing, I guess, like the, um, the unofficial showcases, like, Pretty much anyone can get one. Um, some of them you do pay a small fee to get into because to help the person pay for the room. Um, some of them don't, but it's not, it's not very juried as opposed to the official showcases that happen earlier in the night. Like you do have to submit and get selected and this whole right. big thing. So I just posted about my little showcase and there were like several people who were like, congratulations. And I was like, I'm just going to let them say congratulations. Yeah. I'm not going to explain this whole thing. Um, right. right. And, and, and they're happy for me and they feel like I'm successful. And it was a, it was a big fun thing to do, but I just sort of like, there was the part of me that wanted to be like, well, it wasn't an official thing. And I didn't, you yeah. know, like, like just mm, stop. Yeah, like it's that's... a beautiful place to get to share your music, you know? Yes. That is a beautiful way of saying that because um, it's true. I, I have this problem because I'm such a cynical person. I grew up very cynical. My family was very cynical. We're very like uh, our default is negativity. So, <laughs> so it takes a lot of effort to just be like, it's going to be a good day, you know, because uh, half the time that I, you know, I can wake up and I can go, it's going to be a good day. And then immediately it follows up. It's followed up with, but why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um, I said so. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I'm learning that idea of like, there's all these perceptions and, you know, people being happy for you, that that's just not a very harmful perception. Like if, if you have an unofficial showcase, it's pretty easy to get into or whatever. Um, I, I still, I still counter with like, you still went to the conference. You made, you made it happen to get there and all that stuff. You know, my, my, my pop used to tell me this thing. Um, you earn it now or you earn it later. So, and it's just kind of like either get what you deserve because you earned it all the way up. Or you got lucky and you got some kind of like lotto ticket and now you have to live the rest of your life earning that. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I've always kind of liked that. So I think that's kind of like in line with, with what you're saying. It's it's like, yeah, I mean, you do you are tempted to be to play it down, but also you could just just keep earning it. They, it matters to them that you're that you're feeling and looking successful and 
you should be able to to give back to them and be like, yeah, you know what? I am working my butt off. I did I did make it all the way out here, you know? Okay, yeah. so so I like this because you, you seem to be kind of like me. You seem to be like kind of a headspace artist kind of person where you need to be in a good headspace. You're thinking about the headspace a lot. Um, yeah. Tell me more about your headspace. Like you're te- you're telling me how – you know, you just got through your, um, you got through your divorce, you're going through your therapy and you were, I, I'm still harping on this idea of like, you were giving yourself permission to be an artist. Is that yeah. what you said? So tell, For sure. Yeah. Let's dive into that. Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm unpacking that still. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, one of the, one of the really big things, um, was, gosh, this is 2011. I, um, came to Austin and worked with a mentor, Daniel Barrett. Um, and at the time he had a thing that he was calling the Rubicon year. Mm-hmm. And do you know that thing about crossing the Rubicon? Like they, um, I'm not going to get it right. Cause it's been a long time, but it was like, they, they crossed the river and then they burned the boats. So they couldn't go back. Oh yeah. I wasn't aware um, of that, but that's interesting. It's yeah. What a cool. What a so, cool so, metaphor. Right. And so his whole sort of thing is like, when you're ready to cross your Rubicon, of, you know, like I'm committing to this being an artist and I'm not turning back and there's no, you know, just sort of like burn the boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, burn the boat. Yeah. You don't even have a chance. Um, so and it was a really powerful year. You know, we had like a couple times a week, just one-on-one sessions with him about mindset, lots of books, you know, like war of art and um, writing down the bones and uh, what's the, the success principles. Um mm. Victor Wooten's music lesson, just like a lot of great, uh, was it Zen and the Zen guitar? I don't know. There's a bunch. <laughs> right. It's like um, the, yeah, the a lot of mindset Bible stuff. stuff. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. Um, and then also, uh, we had, it was once a week, we had a group session where it was, uh, it was actually banned. And so mm-hmm. there's four of us, uh, ladies, and we each took turns being the lead singer, and then the other people would back us up. So we got that experience of being oh, cool. in a band. That's a good exercise. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And then the other thing that he challenged that he gave me was like, hey, you just need more performing experience. Go out and do as many open mics as you possibly can, maybe yeah. one every single night. Um, and because it was kind of this like year of like musician grad school in a way, and I didn't have a whole lot going on, like that kind of became my job was like going to open mics. Right. Um, and I ended up doing 157 in my year. Wow. Um, oh, open mics. <laughs> Of doing mm-hmm. open mics and all the chaos that an open mic brings. <laughs> you did 150. Exactly. Wow. You know, you know, <laughs> it's like I performed at 157 mics. I watched 157. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the real marathon is like I've attended 157 <laughs> open mics. Um, is that why yeah. you're such like an avid music fan now? I noticed like on your Instagram, you are constantly posting other people performing. <laughs> you're like always at somebody's show. It's That's why I think of you as like everyone's like favorite cheerleader kind of thing. It's like you're there to say like, hey, you could do this. You know, I did it. You could do this, you know. I do try. That's part of it. And part of it, I do just love music and it fills me up and it makes me feel good. Um, my first, I don't know, five years or so here in Austin, I didn't have a television, especially because Austin like there's, Again, this is like pre-pandemic. Um, so much live music all the time that like I didn't need a TV. I didn't. I don't think I even had Netflix for a while. Like just on my computer because it was just so much music to go watch. You know. So what is the? Um, well, first of all, uh, let me ask you this question. So what was the moment where you said, "I am an artist now. I can do this." Do you remember? Do you yeah. Remember that? I don't know if I remember an exact exact moment, but I do remember in that year with Dan there was a moment where it was just to sort of like practice saying that I'm an artist. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember I was taking the train somewhere and I had my travel guitar with me in a case and I was putting it up in the little overhead bin and somebody asked something and I was like, oh, I'm a musician. Nice. And that moment was like, I was really practicing. Like I didn't quite believe it myself yet, yeah. but it was like a no, uh, what do you want to call it? No stakes version because like, this is a total stranger. I'm never going to see them again. Right. I could be lying, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But so it was just that practice of being able to say, I'm a musician because I think there's this part too. I don't know if this happens to you, but like for me to say it to somebody who's like a real musician, it's and, hard. You know, air quotes, yeah. it's hard because then like, well, what do you play and how do you, you know, like, am I yeah. going to suddenly be put through this test of like, yeah, I'm, can I meet all these qualifications? It's like, that's not what they asked. you know. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I actually really hate that test, but, but um, that's how come I never talk about my school. I mean, I do talk about my schooling to people that care about my schooling, but I never bring it up in, in uh, new interactions or anything because mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like a test of like, what school did you go to? I went to this school. I learned with this professor. Well, I learned this one, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and it just, it's never ending sometimes, but I, I love that moment when, when you say it and you mean it, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's really great. So you said you're, you remember this moment, you say you're on a plane or a train? A uh, train. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you said it and it just filled you up with joy, huh? At that particular moment, I was a little scared because I'm like, what are they going to, they're going to find out. They're going to ask me something. I was like, nope, you are a musician. She didn't ask you what kind. She didn't ask you how experienced yep. she didn't, you know, she's sort of like, I am, I am. Yep. Yep. And so that was kind of a good, I, the, part of what dancing is like, especially with, like with the open, it's like, go out and try it. And if you don't die, then try it again until you believe it. Sort of yeah. <laughs> That's um, good. And so like, That's excellent that was advice. my first time, right? I didn't die. And she usually with like folk music is like, no one's dying unless it's yeah. a murder ballad, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Unless you're um, one of those, uh, towns, vans, and guys that just want to <laughs> sing uh, about, you know, old Westerns. Um, right. well, uh, okay. So <laughs> that's, so I really like that. That's, I'm trying to think of the moment where I felt like I was a musician because I never had a moment of, um, you know, you talked about like choosing to burn the bridge or burn the, burn the boat and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember with me, I was living such a strange, um, uh, I don't know how to really talk about it too much, but I was living such a strange life where it was more like, I got to do this. I got to do this instead. This needs to be the way it, it works because th- the other way is not the way I want to do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I remember like that desperation of like, you got to burn the bridge or you got to, you got to just get away and just whatever. If you're going to be homeless, you're homeless. You just got to do it in a different way because, um, you know what the other one, what the other path is. And the other path is not, it's not the way, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I wonder, I always wonder about people like making that choice, you know, because for you, I mean, how important was it for you to, to decide that you're a songwriter, that you're an artist? Like, what did it mean to you with all the, with all the, you know, chaos that was happening in your life at that time? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was really important. <laughs> Yeah, it was everything I think you know um and I think too that permission to like do it and just do it now as you can you know the best you can with what you have in the moment that you are and then you know starting where you are and then because that's the only way forward yeah. <laughs> it's just to start and then you can keep continuing continuing to get better you know the whole rest of your life and what's the what's the state of the uh the I mean I consider you sort of like part of the folk scene like folky 
music folky artist so um yeah. and i do quotations for people that that are not on the zoom right now but i do that because like i don't think any of us really have a genre that we have in mind <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> i hate that question what genre do you play i don't know man i play, no. i just don't i play the i don't have a band genre <laughs> right and you're supposed to have this little elevator pitch or whatever. I mean, the closest thing I came up with actually just recently because I was going to the conference is like, how about coffee shop confessional? That feels Ooh, like. Oh, I like that. Say yeah, something. <laughs> so now that you're, you've gone through this whole experience, you are now in a new space where you're literally like teaching songwriting. Now you went from like being unsure about telling the person on the tram that you were a musician to now you're teaching people how to be songwriters. Uh, can you tell me about that a little bit and talk about that journey? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, how do I tell it short? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I over the years, I've gone to a bunch of, you know, songwriting camps and taken classes and all this kind of stuff. So I feel like it's a, a part of my craft that I've worked really hard on, um, the, the writing part. And then um, there's a music school in Austin called Girl Guitar which is a little bit of a misnomer because it's really, um, she has started take, teaching teens, but um, it's really for women 21 and up because oh, yeah. you can drink it during the classes. Oh, nice. Um, if you want, if you want to. Yeah. It's and, like, and not, not. It's casual learning. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Casual. And, you know, kind of like the, you know, wine with painting things or whatever. Mm, um, cool. But it's learning guitar instead. Um, so yeah, Mandy Ryden started that, that school in 2007. Um, and I took some classes when I first moved to Austin, but there was some point, uh, last year, I guess, where she asked me if I wanted to help, help start teaching there. Um, and again, it was a little bit of a, like, I don't know if I can do this, but then I was like, you know what? I can definitely go take someone who's a complete beginner and start them on the path. And I'm also like, I think clear and humble enough to be like, I've taken you as far as I can go. Let's t take you to this next person. Mm -hmm. But I know for sure I can confidently lead you up to this point, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I just kind of dove in with that and then I've been just really enjoying it. So it just keeps going. And is a uh, girl guitar exclusively to like female identifying people or women identifying people? For the most part, she has started a couple of co-ed classes as well. Um, but again, it was that sort of thing where especially there's tons of classes for men and, and teachers and all that kind of stuff. And so to give a space for women, um, where it just feels like a safe space um, was an important aspect of it, I think. You know? Yeah, that's what I was uh, kind of circling back to is, you know, how we're talking about the uh, the way the industry works and all that. Um, yeah. So how long have you been doing this at Girl Guitar? I think it's been around a year now. I started off teaching um, intermediate acoustic guitar and sprinkling in some songwriting workshops and then um, this last session. We do six-week sessions oh, cool. um, with little breaks in between. And so this last session, I started teaching um, a six-week songwriting class, which is fun because we have more time to All right, So we're talking about your uh, songwriting classes, and I wanted to pick your brain about it because I love to hear what people are teaching and uh, where the ideas come from and all that. So I'm assuming some of the stuff you can't, you're you teaching and come from your mentors that came from the other the other courses, or you said you, you also are a pretty big fan of going to uh, the meetups and the conferences and the, and the songwriting workshops, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, in my classes, I, uh, I've been trying to use a lot of, I end up using a lot of the stuff that I learned at the, um, on the Berkeley 
Oh yeah. Uh, Berkeley classes. Sure. Um, yeah. So both, you know, Pat Patterson and Andrea Stolpe kind of heavy on those two. Yeah. Those um, are, those are my professors too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just feel like I've, I've been in a lot of different songs. Another thing I've done a lot of is um, songwriting groups where you get a prompt and you turn in yeah. a song yep. once a week, um, which is just like going to the gym, you know, it's sort of like the, the teachers are like the personal coaches. And then when you just, once you got your workout, you just got to go to the gym and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep exactly. writing, you know? Exactly. Um, That's a really good metaphor for that. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, so I, I feel like with the, with some of the beginning songwriters, you know, if I can kind of give them some of these, initial principles um what are you what are your favorite started. principles to teach like what's your your skeleton crew if you i mean yeah i mean a big go-to is prosody prosody yep yep you that's know. pat patterson 101 uh, right mm -hmm. yeah prosody and then we just did uh last week we just did some metaphor where we had it was a zoom thing so i had to you know throw up a bunch of nouns and the other throw up a bunch oh, of the metaphor like, game yes. yeah the metaphor game i love um, it so cool we did that um and uh shoot what else you know toggling toggling yeah that's from andrea andrea yeah mm -hmm. stopia has a beautiful way of teaching i always found her i um, love her yeah i always found her just like way easier to digest and i mean no offense to mr patterson but but uh yeah but he's, he's so he he can be so um conceptual sometimes like i would lose mm -hmm. my students when i would try to like parrot some of his teachings you know yeah um but I eventually had to like, but okay. So here's my question because like I, I would teach songwriting as well. Um, and they would come from a little bit of those background, uh, backbones as well. Those fundamentals that, I mean, they're kind of the industry fundamentalists. So it's kind of, yeah. so it's totally understandable to use that as a, as a backdrop. But I did find that, um, at some point you start finding like your own way of, of speaking about the subjects. Um, mm -hmm. have you found that? Are, are you feeling like you're kind of sitting in the Heather, Heather Miller chair now? I think I'm still getting there, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm still leaning pretty hard on these guys for right now. Um, just because it's at the moment, it's more concise to use their words. Right. Um, I think especially when I, when I'm doing like a, um, when I'm doing like a two hour workshop, I'll lean more into Andrea's stuff. And when yeah. I'm going into this like six week thing, I feel like I have more time to get into Pat stuff. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. But you know, but I also just like over the years, I don't, do you know Steve Seskin? Yeah. 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 I do. Yeah. I've also so you've taken, been taken some a little bit, yeah. Stuff from him at the um the Rocky Mountain Song School um, yeah, you in were Colorado. I think that's actually how I know about him because you were telling me about Probably. Him. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the great teachers there. Um so yeah, so some of the stuff is sort of like it's just collected from a bunch of these different teachers over the years. Um And that's the way and some every, of it I, every teaching thing is. You you yeah. from your mentors and then you find your own voice in it somewhere. Yeah. And there's been a couple workshops I've done where I have them bring in a song that's already written, but they feel stuck on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the one where I am dropping into more of my just own congealed experience. Yeah, congealed. <laughs> that's <laughs> right great. Congealed. Yeah. <laughs> um, as opposed to leaning on the books, um, just because at that point, it's like you really have to go specifically to this song and what does it need? Um and, and work with that. So I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Like uh, for me, um, you know, it's the same thing. If I feel like the course is extended, I'll sort of lean into Pat Patterson's like pie in the sky conversationalist kind of style. And then if I, if I need to do a workshop, I'm usually on the Stopey train because she, she's so concise, exactly. um, but she's, but she's inviting, you know, there's, there's mm -hmm. a, you know, not that Pat Patterson's like a gatekeeper or nothing, but he starts in such a, 
a strange like intellectualism kind of yeah. space that you kind of you feel like you're getting your money's worth when you're taking the course but you also feel like if you were to teach that in a workshop people would come away with nothing and i had to learn that over time one thing that i that i'm always curious about is how do you explain uh to your students like what a verse is and what a chorus is because my my technique nowadays is i um i've sort of turned it into a big um metaphor um game it's kind of like a big game metaphor where i talk about how you're a lawyer and mm. your song is on trial and the verse is the evidence because it's factual information and then the chorus is the jury's uh decision through that factual Ooh. and then i'll say like the bridge is the press because they're trying to add another element to the story but they're trying to sort of uh uh make things uh sway the public in a certain direction or not you know so i kind of use that as a as as my as my back backdrop for explaining those parts so i wonder how you how you approach that oh i love that yeah i mean you can use it <laughs> i know i'm like i'm gonna take that one um yeah i, I mean i think it's yeah i don't know if I'm, i have anything that concise which is that the that the verses are are the details and the and the story and the and the chorus is the the heart or the meaning or the, um, the message yeah the message yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 huh okay. Well, okay, so here's one thing that I ran into. So I was in my small town and I was doing these songwriting classes. And um, at some point, I ran into this weird spot where maybe this doesn't happen in Austin because there's just so many amazing musicians and so many different songwriters and songwriting groups and all that. But um, in my small town, the thing that I ran into was I accidentally stepped into the mentor cape, like the mentor mm -hmm. uh, shoes, and I could not get out. I could not mm. get out of the mentor shoes and I all I wanted to do was get back on stage and play music for people. And then it became all this pressure of like, oh, I'm over here telling somebody how to write a song. So I guess I got to have like a really good song. And then I started freezing up where I just couldn't release anything and I couldn't get any songs going because I was just kept thinking about perception, you know. So mm. I wonder how you deal with that and do you deal with that? And I guess the the root of the question is, you know, if you were forced to answer, um, what is the perception of you as a songwriter? My own self? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're like, wow, I'm going to go cry. Question. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there definitely is a little bit of like, uh, ooh, like, if I'm saying all these things, am I living up to it? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Uh so there's that element. Um, I wish people could see you on the Zoom because you're looking up at the sky like you're about to have a panic attack. Just <laughs> no, no, we're just trying to like find some words. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm a pretty good lyricist. Um, I think so. Too. I thank you. Um, I think that I've gotten a lot better at just like spewing stuff on the page i feel like i'm i feel like i'm prolific but not necessarily everything is good i think that i think somebody was saying and it was pat said that like 10 percent of what you write is good so if you want to write a lot of good songs you got to just write a lot of songs yeah yeah <laughs> um i had a i had a another mentor is um in another school is los angeles um songwriting school and he told me you got to work to publish you got to just 
publish, 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 publish. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the idea. It's all about output because all your songs are going to suck. And then you're going to find one, <laughs> one every thousand. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because you don't always know. I mean, you don't always know which ones they are. Sometimes it's like you play them out and people really attach to something. And you're like, really that one? <laughs> I know it's so bizarre. I don't like some, a lot of the songs that I actually hate the most are the ones that people like the most. And it's, you know, the one that I like put all my precious gems in. I'm like, you didn't hear that turn of phrase in this. This is brilliant. You know, right? It's like what? No, just talk about the moon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, uh, one of the things that happens to me within all this is I get imposter imposter syndrome like crazy which is why i've had such a hard time releasing anything um do you i'm sure you get that because we all get that but um how do you deal with it and are you dealing with it at the moment because i know you have a record coming out soon yes yes definitely dealing with it all the time um and i i think i shared this with i did share this with you in uh in uh one of our instagram conversations but there's a quote from martha graham Mm. where she's talking to um Agnes DeMille about uh, being an artist in general and how Agnes had done a lot of, she's a choreographer, done a lot of shows that she felt really proud of. And then she got all this notoriety and fame for doing choreography uh, for Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. um, that musical. And she's like, it was just kind of good. And why is everybody like this one? And, and Martha talks about um, how you just need to keep the channel open and you as an artist don't get to decide whether or not it's good. Um, and you just have to, but you're the only one that that expression can come through. And if you don't have that expression, it's lost the world forever, you know? Yeah. Um, so that quote, which I'm paraphrasing not very well, but, uh, <laughs> look no, it up. That's, it's a good one. Yeah, um, no, that's good. I, I really enjoyed that quote. It, it is something that brings a lot of comfort to you as an artist. Yeah. I just hang on to that one for dear life. You know, it's just sort of like, I, whenever I get into that suit, I'm like, you know, keep, keep the channel open, just keep it open. Somebody needs this, even if it's just me. Um, I have a, I have a line in one of my songs. It's like, what if I'm the only one I get to save? Is that enough? And can I be that brave? Um, Cause it's true. It's like, what if I'm the only one I'm doing this for? Like, I love to think that I am helping other people with my songs and I hope I am. And I think I am, but what if I'm not <laughs> right? You yeah. know, and yeah. is it enough for me just to do it for myself? You know? Yeah. What um, do you say to the artists that thinks that too? But what if I'm not, what if I, what if I don't, what if everything I have to say is just not important to somebody? Like, what do you do then? I, I mean, I think, I think that's, a, a, I could give him that quote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. quote. I yeah. really do. Um, I need to print that out and put it on my wall. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> but, uh, because I just really believe it. I think it's really important. And again, even if you're the only one it's for, um, I think it's worth it and important because um, it brought you to a better place to say it in some way or another. Yeah. And I, I, I ask, uh, I asked this of my, of, I, I don't, I don't, do you know, uh, are you friends with Terry Craig? Do you know Terry Craig? I don't think so. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's in the same, in the same group, but she's a, she's a friend of mine and she's a songwriter too, but she was in Austin for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I was talking to her about like ego and stuff like that. And I was trying to figure out like, you know, there's this part where we have to take comfort in some of sometimes the songs are just for us to listen to, mm-hmm. but th- there's this other part of us that like really needs people to listen to them. And I'm, it's kind of the, the whole, the whole like, um, root of like releasing a, a record 
it's like it's not enough to say like these songs made me feel better it's like these songs will make you feel better <laughs> so so can you talk about that how do you navigate those feelings like do you what is it this the thing that compels you to want to release music into the world into other people's ears so that they can listen to it because there might be a chance that you know the song was just for you you know yeah but i i think part of that part of like figuring out who the songs are for is having that trusted group of ears you know friends and peers and mentors or whatever who can maybe give you a little feedback about that kind of stuff so that's one thing um another thing that's popping into my head is that one of the one of the first sort of people that really inspired me and got me thinking like oh maybe i could do this i want to do this is um dar williams mm-hmm. and um she has a song about therapy it's like i don't go to therapy to find out that i'm a freak i go and find the one and it only answer every week um and for me to have somebody standing up on stage talking about going to therapy not ashamed of it because especially when i did start going it was kind of just like oh don't you know yeah. don't tell don't talk about it um uh was so freeing and inspiring i was like oh i needed that to feel better about myself to keep going to therapy to keep becoming a better person um and so what do maybe i have that i could give to somebody else that gives them that hope and inspiration and i i just believe i have some of those things um and and i'm i might not get to know who it is you know because sometimes yeah. you put it out on like on the streaming services and like who knows who listens to this but maybe somebody does and i just kind of have to i have to believe that it's it's reaching somebody yeah and and i think that's that's really wise but i also wonder like what um what you know we talk about often as artists we talk about being sort of messengers you know and my question that i wrestle with is why do I think I'm a messenger? You know what I mean? Why is it important for me to be the messenger? Like, why can't like Bruce Springsteen do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I guess that's my question to you is, you know, it's kind of my question to everybody that I talk to on this podcast. It's it's always like, why, why do we feel the need to do it? Why do you feel the need? Why? I, I understand the idea of like, I have something that, uh, that, um, helped me and it surely will help somebody but why why is it singular why can't it be somebody else that went through therapy and all that you know yeah um i don't know if this is exactly answering your question but one thing that i think about for myself sometimes is like because yeah there's the bruce springsteen or the whatever that kind of already done it and probably even better or whatever you know um but uh I feel like that's kind of like saying like we only need one grocery store in town. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. You know, or, or one gas station or something like that. It's like, yeah. well, you know, each neighborhood needs it. Um, and, you know, the closer you have it, access to it, the easier it is. You know, and there's also like, I just went to two grocery stores yesterday because like I went to the little one yeah. because the, the parking was easy and I know where everything is and I know I could get it in and out in 20 minutes. But they also didn't have a couple of things I needed. So then I did have to go navigate the monster grocery store and the parking and the whole thing to get my couple of things that were important, you know? So that's, that's beautiful. I like that. Cause it's like, sometimes you just need the bodega or you need the, the small grocery, those small grocers. And sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. that's great. I like that. That's good. That brings me a lot of comfort actually. Cause it's, uh, it's always been prickly in my mind trying to figure out the, 
the thing, but that's, that's a good way to look at it. Like everybody yeah. just needs, you need more than one grocery store. That's good. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I know, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about mental health and all that stuff and your therapy and not your therapy, but therapy. <laughs> um, I guess what I notice about you is you seem very outgoing as an artist. Like you seem somebody that is like, like, you know, 80% songwriter artist. And then the other percent is like super fan of other artists and all that. And I noticed you go to a lot of these conferences and stuff. So one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you is because I wanted you to talk about these conferences because a lot of people that listen to this, which aren't many because I'm still growing, I'm a little baby <laughs> podcast, but I do get messages from people. And uh, one of the things is to describe the conference experience. So you actually go to um, very big conferences that are important to the songwriter community. You go to a folk alliance, which is like the big deal. And you also went to uh, the DIY Musician uh, Conference, right? Which is uh, another mm -hmm. big one that is probably bigger for us millennials than it is for the Gen Zers because they don't really they didn't really grow up with the CD Baby dream, you know. Uh, but but maybe you can talk a little bit about those things and, and give a little background um, that you know about them. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess I'll just quickly say too that like. I, I love that that's your perception of me as, as being very outgoing because I feel like I'm super introverted and very shy. <laughs> and um, Wait, so social media is a lie? <laughs> I feel like social media is the place where I can be safe to do some of this expressing. Yeah, and it's sort yeah. of like, I don't know how to have a conversation with this person, but I know how to, I know how to listen to their song and find the chorus and try and clip that as my 30 seconds to share and tag them appropriately so that they'll be found, like give them little pieces of content. So like okay, that's, that's sort of my good advice. That's just good <laughs> advice. Everybody should do that. If you're filming me at any show, you get my chorus and then you tag me and you let people know that way. Don't, don't get right? me in a weird humming spot or something. <laughs> I feel like I could probably teach a course on like social. Like here's another thing. Like if you're at a show and like, there's nobody there, like zoom into the Thank artist. You. Thank you so much for saying that. I, that is that's actually on my pet peeve episode that's coming yeah. up is I hate it when when people when it's like a quiet show or it's just starting out and no one's there and you're taking a video from the very back and there's of all the people. empty seats. You're like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> and conversely, if it's a full show, make sure you get that wide shot right. where everybody sees that there's lots right. of people there. Exactly. You know? Okay, well, we're, get, sort of, we're getting distracted. We're getting on, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's go back to the to the conferences. Talk, talk to me about these conferences because uh, a lot of people don't know about them. I've been to a couple in my life. Um, they weren't really for me. I, I felt a little bit strange um, in them, but um, but I know everybody has great experiences. Everybody else has had great experiences, and everybody else ends up with a lot of great contacts and stuff like that. So, talk to me about the benefits and and also the strangeness of it and and the whole experience. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a conference in a big <laughs> hotel, <laughs> um, with lots of little breakout rooms. And there's usually, you know, the big sort of ballroom situation where they have the, the main group presentations. Um, but that's that a cool thing, right? It's like, yeah, they'll have like, uh, a lot of times those hotel rooms are, they just have like doors open and you can walk in and there's people playing mm -hmm. music together. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the private showcases at the, um, at the folk alliance ones for sure. Um, but yeah, so it's during the day, during the day, there's, uh, you know, workshops and presentations and stuff like that, that are usually valuable information. It was interesting at the CD Baby conference, it felt like a lot of speakers 
talking about their awesome thing and then they would also like be selling you a book or a program at the end of it yeah that's kind of the, which is cool i mean yeah i mean it's a model it's, it's a, a model. model yeah um and, and and usually you know with a good discount or whatever and sometimes it's like yeah i want that sometimes it's like cool i'm taking my free information and i'm going you know? yeah it can be a little <laughs> it can be like a little tony robbins ish where it's a like little bit always ends be. up always ends up with the book or the or the something yeah again. yeah yeah um but still good good information um whereas i did feel like the folk alliance one was a little bit less of that and it was more just providing information about different things um and what what are um can i ask about ticket ticket costs like what is the difference in the two yeah um so i somehow got on the cd baby list like super early i think some one of my friends who had gone the year before was in she's like hey sign up now i think it was something ridiculous like 65 dollars yeah no it's um, for the conference i'm just i, I mean i just think it's yeah. good information for anybody listening yeah but then i think if you waited up until i think it was like day of the conference if you wanted to walk in and sign up i think it was like 178 or something yeah. like that um I mean, let's be honest, I, we spend more than that on coffee in the, throughout the year. So if, if you can you go know, get vital information to be a better artist, it's not a bad deal. Yeah. And the thing that where I just, again, feel really lucky is that both the conferences I just went to in the last couple months were in Austin. Mm. So I didn't have to pay for a plane ticket. I didn't have to pay for a hotel room. Yeah, you could just um, go home when you were bored. <laughs> exactly. You know, or, or overwhelmed or whatever. Overwhelmed. Um, Talk to me about overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, it's just I think I think there is that thing of like, oh, I'm supposed to go and network and meet all these people and have all these conversations and like make it worth my while and all this kind of stuff. And and sometimes just like again, as a person who I do identify as an introvert, like sometimes I just got overwhelmed at the amount of people and like thinking I was supposed to do it a certain way. I was like, you know what? I talked to a couple people, I learned some good things. I'm really tired. I'm going to go home. You know? <laughs> I'm going to go home. All right, guys. Peace out. <laughs> I love that. I'm, uh, I've just recently have come to the conclusion that I am not so much an introvert, even though I thought I was an introvert. I'm not an introvert. I'm antisocial. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, but I think that's, that's what it comes down to. I just, I don't like to, um, like it, for me, I think I could do well at a conference, but I, I do feel strange doing the networking thing and it, it can be bizarre but i know it's so helpful you know i know a lot of people that get they get um the ball rolling by just being brave enough to give out their card or to give out their cd or something yeah and i think you know derek Sivers, who started cd maybe had a, a really great way of like how you should go to conferences like going in there like how can you serve other people mm -hmm. and so instead of having that grabby energy of like you help me and you do something for me it's like who are you? How are you doing? What's going on? How can I, what kind of things can I offer to you? And that's just, that's a position that I feel much more comfortable in is sort of that position of service. Nice. And then, um, and then, and just feels more natural. And then hopefully, you know, yeah, you create some meaningful connections that could serve you later. Um, but so, so let's, uh, yeah. I think this will be helpful for other people that are listening and also be helpful for me because I am trying to be, more extroverted in my new uh, music approach um, starting next year. And uh, I'm trying to release my, my EP in the winter so that I can um, start getting out there and doing stuff and also just being part of the scene, you know? Um, yeah. 
which is a which is a big factor in being an artist is that you have to you have to go to those open mics you have to go experience the the local music and you have to be part of the scene and it takes work like you you have to put in the hours of i gotta go to a show that i'm not playing at you know what i mean um which i'm terrible at because i'm i'm so I'm kind of that kind of guy that like walks into a grocery store and has a list ready or I'm uh, if if you take me to like an Ace Hardware, it's like I know exactly what I'm looking for. And if I don't find it, I walk out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So you put that kind of personality in the casual showcase kind of thing. I'm just like, what am I doing here? I don't even need to be here. I'm not playing, you know, so I'm trying to get over that. Um, yeah. Help me get over that, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> um. Tell me tell me about. um. I guess, uh, tell me about the experience of like having to get out there and do stuff and, and also give me like a review of these conferences, because I think that would help me know which conferences are, are going to be the right ones for me. So if you had to rate the, the CD baby versus the folk Alliance as in terms of what you got out of them and what you feel like, so give them a review, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they're, they're different, <laughs> two different things. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing. As a CD baby, I feel like, um, the crowd skewed younger. Okay. And, and more diverse, mm-hmm. um, than the folk conference. And, um, I feel like there was a lot more, uh, varied information. And there was a lot of information about marketing and, sales funnels and like uh some of that stuff there was also there was also like a panel on grief and and going coming out of grief in the past couple years and like how do you uh be an artist and deal with grief so like they had a full range of like you know sales funnels all the way to like the mushy stuff hard stuff you know which i appreciate the important (laughs) important but mushy stuff you know um so i felt like it was a, a beautiful range of of information um But it did feel more commercial, I guess. Um, which again, that's I think I think going into these conferences, like knowing what your goals are and what you're trying to get out of it, and probably would help you decide a little bit too. Um, like, isn't there one like it's like is it Nam that's like a conference, but it's really more about like gear yeah, in LA, yeah. you know? Um, so just kind of knowing your goals going in would be a thing. Um, And then the Folk Alliance felt a little bit more like a reunion, partly because I've been to it before. Oh, I feel okay. like if you if you go to one and there's you a, don't know anybody, yeah, it would probably feel a, like there's more of a camaraderie. Uh, come on, come on, what, what camaraderie? Camaraderie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do feel like if you've gone to one and you haven't gone before, it would probably feel like you are going as, uh, you know, like an in-law <laughs> yeah. for the first time meeting yeah. the family that's and they're actually, probably yeah. really that's exactly my experience actually because i went with somebody that had yeah. gone a few times already and i just felt kind of like the like the like the new like the the in-law i felt kind of like everyone's being nice to me but nobody actually wants to hear from me or talk talk to me that much you know um now it wasn't them it was just like the the feeling of you're not right. in yet you have to do this a couple times you know yeah it takes time to build the relationships for sure. Um, okay, so, and that's part of why I do the social media is that that's, again, that's sort of my in is like, if I 
take a picture of you and tag you, that's sort of that's one way to start a conversation. Like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, I enjoyed your set. It's it's an easier approach for me than just walking straight up to somebody. So what do you get out of these conferences? Like what is why do you go? Um to learn something and to make and to make connections. <laughs> um I feel like the the overall main point that I got from the CD baby was just the importance of relationships mm-hmm. and how it matters at every level and in everything, you know, it's sort of like you're building relationships with fans, you're building relationships with venues. Um, and again, it wasn't like a groundbreaking idea, but just to have it really driven home pretty hard. Yeah. Was it's, good. it's strange how those fundamentals always come back. Right. It's like, we do everything mm-hmm. we can to avoid just dealing with the truth of like, you have to talk to somebody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but can I do anything else but that? <laughs> like, it's, nope, you no, gotta actually. You're gonna have to have a conversation with people, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how this, uh, that's how these interviews go. You know, the re- the whole, the way I found you is because I'm friends with Shawnee, you know. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of or Shawnee Kilgore. Um, yeah. Well, before we go, because we do have to wrap up here, um, and thank you for for being on my little show, my little baby show. Of course, um, if you could give. Let's say, well, two questions. We're going to have to be really concise here. So I want you to zero in on focus. Um, if you could give like three tips to someone listening right now, that's a little bit worried about stepping into the artist's life, but wants and feels like they're one of the grocery stores that needs to be in the neighborhood. Like if you could just give them, I guess, one piece of advice, what would you tell them from your experience? Uh, you're allowed to be here and just do it. Oh, nice. That is concise, Heather Miller. <laughs> I can. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. You can do concise when I, I need can, to. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> all right. The 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 other thing I want to ask you is uh, when does your album come out? That is a wonderful question, and I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to me about that. Um, when you... Are you getting closer? Do you feel, what do you, how does it feel in this? What's your, here's a, here's a good question. That's easier to answer. What's your favorite song on the record and what does it mean to you? I don't know if that's any easier. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, The one that's popping into my head right this minute though, for right now um, is suitcase full of faith. And it is about my journey um, coming to Austin uh, you know, leaving my, leaving my marriage and coming to Austin. Um, so that's an important one, but that's kind of a, a general theme of the whole record. A lot mm-hmm. of the songs are about that. Um, so that, and yeah, I don't know when it's coming out. I have the masters done. I'm working on the visual elements. Awesome. Um, definitely dealing with imposter syndrome and just yeah. constantly chipping away at that and trying to find different yeah. people to encourage me and lift me up. So yeah, and you'll find it. You got a great community there. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, uh, before we go, because I actually forgot to ask you this, what is the state of the uh, Austin music scene when it comes to the folk writers? Because you hear a lot about on the on the articles that it's mostly like the comedians are moving in and the L.A. kids are coming into the town and all that stuff. Um, I'm sure that changes the dynamic of, of the street culture there. Yeah, it feels like something is shifting for sure, you know, especially with the pandemic and a lot yeah. of clubs closing and yeah, and then also um, the 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 folk audience is a little bit older too, so I'm sure the mm-hmm. uh, COVID COVID really affected all that as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, and it's still not over. <laughs> yeah. So there, that's the thing is like you'll see all these shows happening and then get canceled, and you know, who knows exactly why, but sometimes it is COVID, and um, 
so I think everybody's, I think everybody's a little anxious, you know, and that's sort of the, the big vibe is like, we don't quite know how this is going to work. We know we have to do it. Um, some people are moving away. I think we're, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes down in the next couple of years. There's a lot of people really invested in making it work in one way or another, but I don't know if it's going to happen fast enough for everybody to stay here and be supported the way they it, need to. That's actually something that I've been really thinking about in my own career stuff, because um, I don't know where my where my actual music uh, skews audience wise, you know, because of the topics that I run into, I don't really fall too, uh, too well into the uh, like straight folk folky kind of stuff. Um, cause of my subject matter. So I tend to run into this, this weird thing. I don't want to play the pub, but I also don't know if I fit in the listening room, but between all of that, the audience for the listening rooms is a little bit, they kind of skew older. Um, so it's, it's just an interesting time. It's very, very strange time for for being a, a songwriter and artist especially if you're a solo artist it's it's very strange yeah. i think if you've got good songs um people appreciate good songs yeah you know so you can and i think also as a songwriter you have to play the pub and the house concerts and kind of just know know who your audience is for which place and kind of adjust your set list accordingly and 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 not put too much weight on you know, you can't please everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and they're already they're already judging you anyway, so you might as well, you know, just That's good advice. Yeah, that is good advice for anybody listening. They are already judging you, so you might as well just keep rolling. Well thank you, Heather. Thanks for being my guest on this. It was a very uh sweet and mellow conversation. Uh, we spoke about a lot of different topics, so I hope I hope it'll make all sense when I clip it all together. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being a guest and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. My honor. Have a good one. All right. See you. Bye.